You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. All right, if you will, take your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter number 4, 1 Timothy chapter 4, and when you find your place, if you're able, if you could please stand in honor of the reading of the Word of God. 1 Timothy chapter number 4. And Pastor, I don't think you'd mind if we had a brief business meeting. We'd like to vote in the whole cast family, the whole Wright family into our church, and we won't let them leave, and uh, we need somebody to take care of their vehicles outside, and uh, we just want them all to stay, man. And uh, 1 Timothy chapter number 4, we'll begin reading in verse number 6. The Bible says, If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ. Nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Verse number 9, this is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach, because we trust in the living God, who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your people. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be under this tent. I thank you for all the folks who have been working um, for with the sound and with the radio and with the live stream. I thank you for our nursery workers tonight. I thank you for folks who uh, every Sunday morning have come early to get things set up. I thank you for our bus workers today. I thank you for our Sunday school teachers, our junior church workers. I thank you for your people being faithful to come and to be uh, outside and to be under a tent. And I pray, Lord, that you would bless us tonight. Speak to our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I did. I meant to mention when we were talking about the uh, Madeline and her family and Bethany and her family is, um, you know, of course, this, this school is such an exciting thing, Victory Christian Academy. And we've been praying, you know, we've, we've been telling you, we've been praying about a school. And then, of course, God opened the door for us to get that uh, property. And uh, God just really opened doors and things started moving quickly. And so I got on the phone and I talked to some pastors and I said, we, we're going to need some teachers. And uh, I thank the Lord for these ladies, Bethany and Madeline. And uh, they both graduated from Golden State Baptist College, which is where uh, my wife and I, we worked for nine years and we graduated from. And I appreciate uh, their families. I appreciate their families uh, allowing them to come and uh, to be here. Uh, Madeline's uh, family, they are members at uh, a church in Colorado Springs where their pastor, Pastor Brockman, uh, we went to college together, and he's a good man. It's a great church, and I'm, I'm thankful how God worked all that out. It's amazing. It's a small world. And then the Wrights, they are members at uh, a church in Bakersfield, California, and their pastor is a good friend of mine. And uh, it's just, it's amazing how God uses people. 
And uh, God uses, has used their pastors and God's used their families and God's used that college to prepare them to come here and be a blessing to us and to teach our children. And uh, I'm very excited about what God has in store and uh, we're thankful for you. And I hope you'll put uh, Madeline and Bethany, I hope you put them down on your prayer list. I hope you'll pray for them. Um, you know, we, we've talked about our staff coming here and not knowing anybody and all that, but here we have two young ladies who have said, we're coming uh, to serve God and teach in a Christian school, and uh, I believe it's a step of faith for them, and uh, they are trusting God to take care of them, and uh, they're trusting God to just to make everything work, and I hope as a church, I hope we'll do all we can to reach out and uh, keep these ladies encouraged and pray for them and be a blessing to them. And uh, when you see them at church, uh, introduce yourself to them. It's going to take them a while to get to know everybody. It'd be easy for you to get to know just them. But I hope you introduce yourself and, uh, and let them know you're praying for them and let them know that uh, you're here. Maybe there's something you could do. Ladies, maybe you could say, hey, we could, we could uh, uh, cook a meal for you. I'm not saying these ladies can't cook. They might be world-class chefs, you know. Uh, but maybe you could do something like that or find out a need and, and be a blessing to them. And uh, I know that you will. You always do. First Timothy 4, we are in our series. Um, we've en I've entitled it An Example of the Believers. And you know, I would like to be a good example. Anybody else would like to be a good example as opposed to a bad example? Now, we all know somebody uh, who has been maybe not the best, not the best example. And uh, we will tell our children, we'll say, did you see that? That is not the way you want to do that. Uh, sometimes maybe we have to tell our children about us, say, you know, what I just did or what I just said, that's probably not the best way to do it. Don't do it like that. But I hope for the most part, I hope that our lives are an example. I hope our lives are a pattern. Verse number 12 in your Bibles, it says, let no man despise thy youth. You see, Paul is writing to Timothy, and Timothy was a young preacher, a young man in the ministry, and Paul said, don't let your youth and don't let your, your age or your inexperience, don't let that uh, hold you back from being all that God wants you to be. And I'll tell you, we've got in our church, we've got some young people. I thank the Lord for our young people. Uh, we've got some children, some teenagers, some college age. We've got young adults. We've got middle-aged adults. We've got senior saints. And I hope for all of us, I hope it's our desire to say, I want to be an example. Notice what it says, be an example of the believers. Now, what is a believer? What are we talking about? A believer is a Christian. A believer is someone who knows Jesus Christ as their Savior. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, right? Old things are passed away and all things are become new. So a believer is going to talk different than an unbeliever. Let me try that again. Maybe I don't know if I stuttered on that or if are y'all with me? At least nod your head. Let me know. I know those fans are loud, but I, we could have heard a grunt out of that at least. But uh, a believer is going to talk different than an unbeliever. Okay, I just want to make sure that was a true statement. Last time I checked, the Bible said so. I just want to make sure I didn't say it wrong. But a believer is going to talk differently. A believer is going to act differently. A believer is going to live with different values than an unbeliever. And I want to remind us that we're not looking to the world to determine well, the direction we're going. We're not looking to a denomination. We are looking to Jesus Christ. We are looking to the Word of God to say, how are we supposed to live? That word example. 
in verse number 12. That word example is the word pattern. Now, I am not, and I do not claim to be, but I am not at all uh, good at sewing. And I'm glad the people in the cars agree with me. I'm not good at sewing at all. Somebody's alarm. We got it. Can anybody tell which car that is? Well, that's all right. We'll just, if you're watching online, the people are going crazy in the cars. Uh, Holy Spirit is working and speaking and boy, revival's breaking out in the parking lot. But that word example is the word pattern. A pattern. When I think of a pattern, I think about my mom when I was a boy. My mom would go to the material stores and she would buy a pattern. Um, my mom would make dresses for my sisters. I'm the oldest of seven and I have four sisters. And my mom would make those dresses. She would use a pattern. Praise God. I tell you, for some of you, if you were falling asleep, you thought your alarm was going off, you know. You thought, it's time to wake up. Brother Bobby, you can go back to sleep now until nine minutes from now when the snooze button goes off again. But my mom, she would go, she'd go to the fabric store, and she would get a pattern. And she could use that one pattern to make different dresses. You didn't need a different pattern or a, 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 a multiple patterns for the same dress. You just get one pattern, and you make four dresses. And uh, I, by the way, any, any, uh, any fellas in here that you remember going to those fabric stores with your mother or with your wife, you remember going to those? Anybody else remember those? We got a few. Can I tell you, and, and this is no secret, but that was not my favorite store to go to. There was nothing to look at there. I mean, there were no, when I was a boy, there were no toys. There was no sporting goods equipment. There was nothing. There were no, uh, you know, for you fellows, there was no fishing rods there. There was no hunting rifles. There was nothing fun there at those fabric stores. And you know what? I think some of those, Mom, I don't know, some of those fabric stores have gone out of business uh, since then. There's still some. But uh, we go to the fabric store. Mom would get a pattern. And from that pattern, she could follow that pattern, and she could make those dresses, or she could make those, the, the clothing items for my sisters. A few times she said she was going to make a matching tie for me to wear to match my sisters. That never happened. Thank the Lord for that. And all the men said, amen. But a pattern. You know what we need in our churches? We need some patterns. We need some people that will be an example of how to live for God. Uh, be an example of how to go through trials, how to pray, how to serve God, how to be faithful, how to live for God. We need Christians that will be an example that we can follow. Paul was Timothy's uh, uh, father in the faith. He was his spiritual father. And Paul said to Timothy, hey, you've seen an example in me, and I want you, Timothy, now to be an example for others to follow. Let's look quickly at the ways in which Timothy was to be an example of the believers. Number one, Paul said, be an example of the believers in word. I want to say tonight, and I won't be long, but I'm just going to get right to the point. Did you know as Christians, we ought to be very, very careful with our words? Now, of course, I hope as a Christian, I hope you don't cuss. 
I hope you don't swear. I hope you don't use profanity. I think that's an obvious. But can I tell you as Christians, I hope that we are not guilty of gossip. I hope that we're not guilty of being critical. I hope as Christians that we're not uh, guilty of using our mouth to, to hurt people, to tear people down. In today's world that we live in, you can hurt someone without ever speaking a word. All you have to do is text it on a phone. All you have to do is type it with a keyboard. All you have to do is send an email that you, you reacted and you were in the flesh and you responded uh, uh, from the old, the old flesh, the old man, and you responded in a way that was not Christ-like. And I know you say, well... If you only knew what so-and-so said to me, well, I don't have to know because I know how Jesus responded when he was on the cross. And I know how Jesus said that we are to forgive as Jesus, for Christ's sake, he has forgiven us. May God help us with our words. Sometimes I think maybe we're just in a hurry. Maybe we're just not spirit-led, but sometimes we're rude to people. Sometimes as Christians, we're harsh. Sometimes as Christians, we can be cutting. And I want to tell you, Jesus gives us the command. God's word tells us that we are to be an example in our words. Number two, the Bible says in conversation. I know we use that word conversation like we're having a conversation with someone. But this word in conversation, it literally means your conduct. It's how you act. It's what you do and what you don't do. You see, believers ought to act like Jesus. Believers ought to talk like Jesus. You say, well, I knew a preacher once, and he acted such and such a way. Well, my Bible doesn't say that you do it because the preacher does it. My Bible says that we are to follow in Jesus' steps. We are to act like Jesus would act. How you act at church, how you act at school, how you act at home, how you act at the workplace, how you act in private. Ephesians 2, the Bible says, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh. But can I tell you, we ought not have our conversation uh, with the flesh. Our, our conduct ought not be after the old sinful nature, but our conversation ought to be godly and holy and Christ-like. 1 Peter chapter 1, the Bible says, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation in our conversation in our conduct we ought to be christ-like in our conversation in our conduct in the way that we act we ought to bring glory and honor to christ number three let's go quickly we're to be an example number one we said in word number two in conversation number three the bible says in charity now the word charity that's love we ought to be an example in how we love God and how we love people. You've heard it said before, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You say, well, pastor, I'm here today and I'm an example. I'm a great example in, in how I talk and how I live. And, and boy, I, I follow all the rules and I, I, I check all the boxes and I've got it all figured out. But can I tell you, if it's not coming from the heart, the Bible says you can have all that stuff. Paul says, if I don't have charity, then he said, I'm nothing. 
If you and I do not have a love for God and a genuine love for the things of God and a love for people, I want to tell you, we're wasting our time. God commands us to love one another. Galatians chapter 2, the Bible says that we love Christ because he loved us and gave himself for us. I wonder, do we love people like Jesus loves people? Sometimes we love people because of what we can get out of them. Sometimes we think, oh, if I'm nice to so-and-so, he might help me with something. If I'm nice to so-and-so, he might do something for me. Friend, I want to tell you the, the real genuine agape love is a love where you love somebody expecting nothing in return. But you love them because Jesus loved you first. 1 Corinthians 13, the Bible says there's faith and there's hope and there, there's charity. And these things are all great, but the greatest of these is charity. I want to ask you, how are we doing in our word? How are we doing in our conversation? How are we doing in our charity and our love? But number four, the Bible says that we are to be an example in our spirit. You know, our spirit is our attitude. And as Christians, we ought to be an example in our attitude. Now, we all at times, if you're honest, if I'm honest, we all struggle sometimes with our attitudes. Have you ever had a bad attitude? I have. And you know what's amazing about a bad attitude? You can have a bad attitude and still have a smile. But it's a smile that says, I'm smiling, but I'd like to strangle you. You can have a bad attitude and you can still say something that is nice. I love you because Jesus told me to. But if he didn't tell me to, I'd be telling you I hate your guts, you know, if you really want to know. But can I tell you, as Christians, we're supposed to be an example in our spirit. That's our disposition. That's a, a spirit of self-control. Did you know as Christians and as believers, we ought not explode on people? Maybe it's a coworker. Maybe it's a, a family member. Maybe it's a neighbor. But as Christians, if we're going to be an example of the believers, we're not going to fly off the handle. Now, we all, we all have times where we lose our temper. But that's not the norm. And that's not the way we want it. And that's not the way it ought to be. But when we do uh, lose our temper, we say, God, help me. And God, forgive me. I want to have control over my spirit. The Bible says, he that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. We ought to have a spirit of self-control. I believe Christians ought to have a spirit of thankfulness and gratitude. We, we sometimes we think that we deserve everything. We think that uh, uh, we, you know, something happens that we don't like and you say, well, I deserve better than that or, or that shouldn't have happened to me. Well, friend, I want to tell you, it's just the grace of God that we're not in hell tonight. It's just the grace of God that you and I have food to eat. It's the grace of God that we have a place to sleep. It's the grace of God that we're here and we have health and strength. And may God help us to be thankful and grateful. How about this? The spirit of humility. As Christians, sometimes the longer we're saved and the more we know of the Bible and the longer we've been serving God, sometimes we think that we're better than the next guy. But friend, I want to tell you, the Spirit of Christ is a spirit of humility. It's not being proud. It's not being arrogant, but it's saying, 
you know, I am nothing. Uh, I, I am a, just an old, rotten, low-down sinner that's been saved by the grace of God. May God give us a spirit of humility, a spirit of forgiveness, a spirit of kindness. A Christian ought not to be rude and mean and harsh and say, well, I told them the truth. Well, good, I'm glad you told somebody the truth. But have you ever heard about telling the truth in love? Have you ever heard of telling the truth with a heart of compassion? Have you ever heard of telling the truth with a, a tear in your eye because you're broken for the condition of a friend or neighbor or a coworker? Not only are we to be an example in word and in conversation and in uh, spirit, charity and in spirit, but the Bible says we're to be an example in our faith. Our faith is what we believe. Our faith is that on which we rest our life. It is our foundation for living. You can say that you believe something, but it will be evidenced in how you live. If you say, I believe in heaven, well, if you and I really believe in heaven, it will be evidenced in the fact that we live for heaven and that we live for eternity. You say, well, I believe the Bible's the word of God. Good, I hope you do. But if you believe the Bible's the word of God, you're going to read it. You're going to follow it. You're going to obey it if you truly believe it's the Word of God. Now, sometimes we say that. We've got all these, uh, you know, these coin phrases that we like to say and repeat. But, friend, I want to tell you, I want my faith to be real, not just because mommy and daddy believed it, not just because the church said so. I want my faith to be real because I've got it settled for myself, and I want to be an example in my faith. I want to be an example for my wife. I want to be an example for my children. I want to be an example for the young people in this church. I want to be an example for the members of Victory Baptist Church. I don't want to stand up in the pulpit and, and preach, here's how you ought to live, and then go do something else. I want to be an example in faith. Not just what you believe, but having faith and trusting God. I believe we've had our faith put to the test over this last year. I believe that that faith has been tried over the last year. And can I tell you, I wish I could say that I went through the whole year and I never once had any doubts. I never once had any worries. I never once had any concerns. But can I tell you, I did have some concerns. And so did you, if you're honest. But can I tell you, God brought us through. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen next week. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen next year. But I know this, that God can be trusted. And we ought to be an example in our faith. Lastly, the Bible says that we are to be an example in our purity. Not only in word, not only in conversation, not only in charity, not only in spirit, not only in faith, but number six, we are to be an example in purity. Purity is living clean and living holy. Now, I don't know. I, I know all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. I don't know if this was last on the list because uh, this was something that they battled with and struggled with in Paul's day and Timothy's day. I know the Roman Empire. I know that things were very corrupt. I know that there was immorality that was running rampant. But I want to tell you, if there's ever been a day when Christians need to be pure, it's today. You see, I don't, I'm not surprised when the world is impure. I'm not surprised when the world is wicked. But can I tell you, in our churches, we have seen that Christians have followed the world and the Christians have gotten their morals from the world. And I want to tell you, that's not morals. 
That's not a foundation because the world is changing and the world is drifting. And, and what is popular in the world is not always right. And what is right is not always popular. But as Christians, we must be committed to purity. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter, 2 Timothy chapter 2, it says, Flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness and faith and charity and peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I have heard preachers say this. I, 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 I don't know that this is true. I think there's a lot of truth to what they say. But I've heard preachers say that in our country, we will not experience another revival. And here's what they they, they place the blame on. They say because of the television set, some preachers say, I don't think we can see revival because we have taken the filth and the wickedness of this world and we have pumped it into our homes by way of a television, by way of cable, by way of an internet, by way of a cell phone. And friend, I want to tell you as Christians, we are to be pure. 1 Timothy 5.22, Paul told Timothy, he said, keep thyself pure. Philippians 4, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Very quickly, I'll give you a couple thoughts for purity. And I try always for our church, I try to remind us of this because uh, maybe it's because of Facebook, maybe it's just because of, uh, of other denominations, maybe it's because of trends, I don't know what it is, but I want to remind us as a church that God's Word has not changed. Now the world has changed, but God's Word has not. I was meeting yesterday, I was meeting with Garrett and Taylor in preparation for their wedding and one of the things I told them I said that if you're going to have a, a, a church wedding and you're going to have that wedding uh, there in the auditorium and we're going to uh, celebrate holy matrimony I said you can't be living together and by the way they're not and they haven't been and they're not planning on it but I told them that I said that's what I tell everybody uh, Chris and Cameron I told you all the same thing as a matter of fact, I think when I met with you, I think we talked about this same thing, how that that is now unusual for a couple to get married and not be already living together before they get married. So, well, pastor, how old-fashioned are you? As old-fashioned as this book right here. I believe the Bible still teaches that we are to flee fornication. I believe the Bible teaches that thou shalt not commit adultery. I still believe there ought to be holiness and purity. But in what we watch on the television and what we listen to uh, uh, by way of the music and the people that we idolize, we are so many times we are applauding the filth of the world. Not only in what we watch, but I believe as Christians, we're to be an example in the places that we go. I believe there are places that Christians ought not to go. I believe there are places where there is drinking and where there are drugs and where there is immorality. I believe there are places where, where, where the wickedness is. That's the reason people go to those places is for the wickedness. And I don't believe Christians ought to go there. You say, well, pastor, are you suggesting that we have to be different from the world? It's exactly what I'm suggesting. 
I'm suggesting that we are to come out from among the world and we are to be separate, saith the Lord. I believe we ought to be different. And the things that we watch and the things that we listen to and the, the people that we idolize and the people that we platform, I think we ought to be different in the places we go. I think we ought to be different in how we act. I think we ought to be different in how we dress. I think as Christians, we are to be an example of the believers, not a stumbling block. And I'm preaching tonight to say if we're going to be an example of the believers, if we're going to be a pattern, it's a whole lot more than just what we say, but it's how we live. And it's a whole lot more than just how we act at church. And it's a whole lot more than just what we do on Sunday morning or Sunday night, but it's how we live 24-7. It's how we act at the workplace it's how we act in public. It's how we act when we're out of town and we don't think anybody even knows who we are. Can I tell you, if we are a believer, if we are in Christ, there's going to be something different about us. And that difference ought to be clear. There ought to be a difference. And this world ought to see that there's something different about us. You say, well, pastor, I think you're right. I think I'm going to go to, the, I'm going to, go to work tomorrow. And I'm going to tell my coworkers, and I'm going to let them have it because of how wicked they're living. I don't think you have to do that. I think the place to start would be by showing them. I think the place to start would be by being an example. I think a place to start would be by praying for them. I think a place to start would be by loving them, having compassion for them, and asking God to do a work in their heart. We as a church... We are a lighthouse, and may God help us to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.